Manhood and Christlikeness are synonymous. Why does this affect us? You're about to find out. Welcome to the Man Church Podcast. Hey, welcome to the Man Church Podcast. Pastor Robert here. Excited to talk about a, a topic. And actually, I'm going to be teaching out of a book called Take Your Place. It was written by G.F. Watkins. It's a great book on fathering, on fathers and sons, father figures, spiritual fathers. There's different terms that people use for for uh, the concept of having someone in your life that could father you. And um, so I want to just talk a little bit about some of the things that I've learned from this book. I'm a product of this book. I've been with the ministry for over 26, 22 years now. And uh, Pastor GF has functioned as a spiritual father to me. And so I've been a son. And I'm in the process now of leading this church and developing sons. And so a lot of the things that I learned as a son, I'm now using to father other men. So I want to start with a quote from uh, Dr. Cole. He said, being a male is a matter of birth and being a man is a matter of choice. So there's a distinction between being a male and being a man. When we say we're a male, it's a biological fact that you're a male. God created two genders in the Bible. He created male and female. And when we say that, when I say that I am a male, I am basically just stating the fact that I was born with the anatomy of a male. And so not every male is a man. A man, Dr. Cole says, is a man that chooses to be a man. Now, in the culture, we've interchanged those words. And so when I say I'm a man, most of the time when people say I'm a man, they're stating that they're a male. <laughs> they, because they, they're not really living out the idea of what a man really is. And so part of this book and, and these teachings and man, the Man Church podcast is redefining what is a man. Um, in the culture, you know, we have all kinds of ideas of, of manhood and masculinity. Uh, we've had such a, a, an attack on masculinity where people are saying that masculinity in itself is toxic and needs to be done away with. There's a whole movement out there that, that believes that the patriarchy should be done away with. And, uh, but, but we can't because God created it for a reason and a purpose. Now, it may be skewed. It may not be done right. There, I'm not saying that there's not men out there that abuse their, their, uh, their position as men that can be overly aggressive, that can be toxic, that can be abusive. Those things can happen. But I believe that if we live our lives as men according to the Word of God, that masculinity is not a bad thing. Masculinity can be a great thing. It can be something that God created to add to the family, to the unit that God created, the family, uh, so that the family can live and so that we can have peace and order and, and uh, blessing in our lives today. So the idea today that I want to kind of talk about is the first thing that we have to understand is we have to choose to be a man. It's not something that you're not just born uh, a, a man. Dr. Cole says that maturity doesn't come with age. It comes with the acceptance of responsibility. So one of the ideas of becoming a man, how do I become a better man? The first thing is I take responsibility. That makes a huge difference between someone that's uh, mature and immature. So he says that maturity, 
the way we can identify maturity is when a person begins to take on responsibility. We take responsibility for our choices. We take on responsibility for our actions, for our words. And when, when a person begins to take responsibility, that's when we're, in essence, maturing, but we're also choosing to be a man. In 1 Corinthians 13, it's the love chapter. And I find it so interesting that he goes into this, this uh, he, Paul starts out and he says, I'll show you this more excellent way. And he starts talking about love. You know, you, we all, we've read it. If I speak with tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I have become like a sounding uh, or clanging cymbal. Then he goes on and he says, love suffers long and is kind and love envies not and love flaunts not itself and is not puffed up. He goes into this explanation of what is love. And it, it's interesting. We quote this other scripture and we, I've, I know that we, we, sometimes we don't connect it that it's in the love chapter. And he says in verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put childish things behind me. So he's really talking about immaturity and maturity. He's saying, when I was immature, I didn't recognize what love was. But when I became mature, I started to understand these things. If we look at it in context, he's talking about love. So maturity and the taking on of responsibility is actually rooted in love. When we love God, we love what he loves and we hate what he hates. And we begin to take responsibility for the things in our lives that's contrary to God and the things in our lives that are not contrary to God. So everything about maturity is rooted in love. And the Bible tells us that that there's a, a season for a, a person, for a man, to put away childish thought processes, to put away the idea. You know, when a child is born, they're totally reliant on their mother. They're totally reliant on their parent. Uh, I have a granddaughter, and so when she's hungry, she cries because she can't feed herself. She can't fix her own bottle. She can't hold her bottle yet. And so when something, when she needs something, she cries. She's totally into herself. She's not thinking about me and that I just sat down and that I've had a long day. She's looking at it and saying, I'm hungry and I need food. I, I, I. When she's wet, she needs a diaper change. She's going to let you know, right? But there comes a time in, in, my, in my granddaughter's age, as she grows and matures, that she needs to learn that her life is not all about her. See, there's a, there's a level of selfishness that's in a child that is necessary for their survival. But a parent's role, a father's role, is to get that child, that man, to a place of maturity where he can feed himself, where he can change himself. And if that maturing doesn't happen, it almost is, it's kind of an ugly uh, scene when you have a, a grown person that's so selfish they're selfish like a baby. And I hope I'm making, I'm making a, a good illustration here. So uh, we can learn from natural illustrations that God is saying, you know, I understand that when you first came to the Lord, there's going to be some selfishness in you because this is all new to you and you're born again. You're born like a baby. But as you grow as a Christian and you turn 20, if you've got 20 years serving with God, you should be a young adult in the Lord. 
and there should be and the the proof of your maturity should be in your acceptance of the responsibilities that you have not just in the natural to your job and to your family but also to the kingdom of god god raised you and he put you in the kingdom and he has purpose for you in the kingdom so when i say to be a man i'm saying make mature choices Maturity doesn't come with age, but it comes with the acceptance of responsibility. So the more immature I am, the more likely I, I'll make a bad choice. So when, when we run into situations where my choices are bad, I have to back up and say, am I, am I, am I thinking mature? Am I, is my thinking right? And have I renewed my mind? So... Uh, and anytime we make choices, we have, to, we have to make those choices through the lens of maturity, which is the acceptance of responsibility. So if maturity is important and I have to choose to be a man, the first thing that I would say is when, when I was a child, I spoke as a child, I understood as a child, and I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. Every person that's listening to this podcast, you have to make a decision. Do you want to continue? Do we want to continue? And I'm not. I'm not getting. I have to make this decision myself. Do I want to continue being childish, or do I want to put childish things behind me and move on into maturity? How do I move on into maturity? I love this because I preached this last Sunday in James chapter one. In James chapter one, uh, verse I think it is verse two, uh, the Bible says that to count it all joy when we encounter trials. Because trials test our faith, and faith develops patience. And patience makes me perfect and complete. Now, we all know that we're not perfect. But if you study that word perfect out in the Greek, he's talking about mature. He's saying that patience, when it does its work, makes me mature. So how do I get to maturity? I get through ma to maturity through trials. Because if you back up in the scripture... He says, count it all joy when trials come, because when a trial comes, it's going to test your faith. It's not going to build your faith. It's going to test the faith that you have, because the Bible says to, to build faith, we go to Romans 10. It says, faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word. So when we build faith is when we read the word and the word gets inside of our heart and faith increases. When a trial comes, the trial purifies that faith and removes all of the dross and the stuff that's not faith from that faith, making that faith pure. And then that faith, that faith develops something we call patience. And when that patience begins to work in us, when we learn how to wait in the presence of the Lord, when we learn how to just wait on his presence, wait on his power, wait on his voice, that thing produces a maturity in us because it takes a mature person to wait. See, an immature person would run off and do it because they feel like it. A mature person stops and considers timing, stops and considers the other person, and he takes responsibility and understands that whatever I do is going to affect a lot of people. So I only want to do it when it's time to do it. That's maturity. So that's how we become mature. mature. Maturation is the answer to making better choices. If I want to be, if I want to make better choices, I have to mature. And if I want to mature, I got to grow in my patience. And if I grow, and what develops my patience? Faith 
develops my patience. What tests my faith, trials test my faith. So, so many times we pray against trials. I don't want any trials in my life, Lord. I just want to, I just want to win all the time. I don't want to have a, a situation, but, but yet that situation is what's getting you to the place of maturity. That situation, when we learn how to handle obstacles, you know, especially for men, I'm talking, this is a man church podcast. When we're trying to develop a man from a young man into an, uh, uh, from a young man into a father, a father's role is to be able to handle all of the pressures that hit their family. And so we have, as, as, as a spiritual father to a, a lot of men in this church, my goal is to help them see that trials are not always bad and to help them stay in faith in the trial. Because I know if you can stay in the trial and you can stay in faith, it'll build a patience in you. And that patience, when it's finished, will develop a maturity in you. And then you'll be ready to father another man. It's a powerful thought. So I must develop maturity. You know, Dr. Cole says uh, maturity doesn't come with age. It comes with the acceptance of responsibility. Uh, See, because you can be intellectual. You can be an intellectual person, yet be immature. You can be physically strong. You can go to the weight room all day long and be uh, immature. You can be 70 years old, but you can live your life like you're 15, making 15-year-old decisions, living by your lusts of the flesh, living by just whatever whim comes about you. See, maturity, maturity comes with the acceptance of responsibility. And we need mature men today. So how do... So how do we mature? How, how, how do we work maturity into our lives? Paul told Timothy, you have 10,000 instructors, but you have not many fathers. The answer is that I need a father figure. I need a father figure, and every man in here needs a father figure. And some people will argue and say, well, I don't need, a, I don't need an earthly father. I have a heavenly father. And you do have a heavenly father. But even Jesus had earthly parents that he submitted to. God, God created authority to help us, not to keep us down. And we have to change our mind about the authority in our life. When you go to a church and you submit yourself to the pastor's vision, that pastor is there to help you grow in your faith, develop patience, to, to be perfect and complete. That's what the church exists for, to equip the people in the church because the people in the church are the church to become what God called them to become. And so many times, uh, see, it goes against our independent spirit. Uh, You know, if you think about it, we raise, even, you know, we're all guilty of this. We raise our children to, I want you to be able to be independent. I want you to go out and get a job and and be able to fund your life and, and have a salary and have good benefits and be independent. And then we come into a kingdom of God and we have to submit to the king, and we have to submit to his word. And so there's this tension in our lives because we've been, we've been shooting for this independence, and then we come to know God, and God says, no, I need you to be submitted. I need you, I need you to be dependent on me, not independent of me. And so this tension happens in every man, and, and, and especially with men. It's tough because men don't want to submit. I mean, I've been, we've been, I didn't want to submit as a man when I first got here. I didn't want anybody telling me what to do. And, and I found out that it, it, it really wasn't that. You know, sometimes we think if I submit, 
then they're going to tell me everything. I, I never tell a man what to do. I always ask a man, well, what do you think you should do? Have you prayed? Have you asked the Lord? What are you sensing in your own spirit? Because as a father, I don't want to have to make all the decisions for you. I want to teach you how to make decisions and teach you how to hear the still small voice of God in your ear. I want to teach you how to get in the presence of God and recognize his voice. The Bible says that his sheep know his voice. So when you have a, a, a father figure that's lined up with the word of God, they're always leading you to become better, not to control you, not to manipulate you, but to get you to a place where you become better. A father's role is to guide, guard, and govern. And because of the lack of fathering that we have, if you really go out and you look at our prisons, our juvenile detention centers, our alternative schools, and you look at the males that are in those situations, um, I just had a meeting with an alternative school, and 90% of the population in the alternative school is male. There's only 10% female in there. So 90% so 90 of the behavioral problems in the school, the drug problems in the school, are males. And, though, and most of them, I, I would say 100% of that 90% have no father figure in the home. They're being raised by a single mom or a grandmother. And thank God for single moms and grandmothers. If they weren't there to step in and do something, where would we be? So our, our challenge today uh, is to develop fathers so that we can save the family, but so that we'll also have men that once they have their families in order, they can step in and be a father figure to someone that doesn't have a family because they're out there. Uh, so the answer is restoring fathers. So we have a lot of immaturity happening right now. Uh, I, I think I saw a statistic that said the, the, of all the school shootings that we've had, 100% of there's never been a female school shooter. It's always been a male. It's always been a male. It's, it's, it's usually a, a young man that's troubled, that hasn't had any direction in his life, that has been left to himself, that has nobody in there that cares about him, that's meeting with him, that's talking to him, that is uh, reaching into him. Even, even when the young man is pushing back and doesn't want a relationship, a father knows that we push through that anyway. A father loves anyway. And so our prayer, we started out with the, with the concept of that being a male is a matter of birth, but being a man is a matter of choice. And so in this podcast and in our ministry, what we're trying to do is we're trying to establish a fathering system within the church where we can take men and young men in the church. We can teach them how to be great sons because you can't be a great father until you're a great son. You have to learn how to be, you can't give what you do not have. And so the first part is learning, how do I become a son? And, and once I learn how to become a son, how do I become a father? And how do I not only father my natural children, but how do I come alongside the church and the youth group of the church and begin to function as a father to the young men and the young ladies that need a father figure in their life? I hope you're challenged today, and I hope you'll take the challenge today. Um, this book, I would recommend that you get this book called Take Your Place by G.F. Watkins. Uh, it's a great tool. 
It's got some great principles and ideas of what it takes to father and what it takes to submit as a son also. We love you and we're for you and we're praying for you. God bless you. Thanks for listening. If you're hungry for more, catch up on our previous episodes by searching Man Church on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. To watch this episode on YouTube, go to Powerhouse Church's YouTube channel. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a comment and review so more men can find these episodes. To learn more on why manhood and Christlikeness are synonymous, go to manchurchinternational.com. See you on the next episode.